HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're bringing you four stories about lost and found culinary treasures. We are searching for what will be lost, and we're trying to rejuvenate it. What we try to do is collect these sourdoughs that contribute to the biodiversity of sourdough in order to store them, to document them, and be able to preserve them for the future. It's bringing back the history and just being part of that time that just, it's, there's nothing like it. You know, there's there's nothing like it. When fame comes late, uh, I'm sure it's just as sweet as when it comes earlier. (laughs) Tune in to this week's episode of Meat and Three. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague and my co-host Damon Bolte is off in California spreading the vibes, the good vibes of Brooklyn Gin. Uh, meanwhile, we sit here in actual Brooklyn. Where are you, Damon? Come back. Uh, I'm going to run through a couple of announcements before we get into the show today. Um, my buddy and colleague, Chris Reed, uh, Chris Reed who was diagnosed with uh, ALS 11 months ago, um, this uh, disease is slowly robbing him of his voice and his motor skills. Soon it's going to rob him of his ability to work behind the bar at my favorite bar, Bar Goto. Uh, and ultimately, it'll, it's going to rob you and I of this incredible person. So uh, if you've got uh, a chance, go to GoFundMe and search for uh, Christopher Reed in his fight against ALS and donate if you can. Um, next to that, uh, bar methods applications are live and, uh, they're nearly already full. Um, classes focus on the fundamental skill sets needed to be successful behind a cocktail bar, learning not only how to perform these techniques properly, but also why and when to apply them, uh, and what they contribute to the overall product will help elevate your skills and creativity behind the bar. So apply now at barmethods.com. I'm one of the instructors over there. It's a great time every year. Uh, this will be our third year, um, here in New York City. Uh, in the studio today, man, packed house, lots of folks in the room. Uh, we've got Robin Robinson, who is uh, a private consultant uh, in the whiskey and spirits industry. He's been focusing on emerging brands and their route to market strategy. Uh, he teaches the longest continuously running whiskey class in, in, in the United States called Whiskey Smackdowns at Astor Center here in New York City. It's in his 10th year. And he's got a book coming out, The Complete Whiskey Course, A Comprehensive Tasting Guide in 10 Lessons. It's going to be out in October 2019. Uh, right next to him in the studio, his daughter, Rose Robinson. Um, 
Rose is a New York and Connecticut brand development manager for Hodling and Company. They were formerly um, Anchor Distilling. She's also worked at Kings County Distillery, which I didn't know. That's pretty cool. Uh, and she's a freelance educator for various whiskey brands. Beyond all of that, my good friend Greg Benson sitting in the room. He's going to sort of co-host with me today in Damon's absence. He works hey, up. Hey. Uh, hey, buddy. He works up at the Rochard. He's got a great podcast as well. It's called Bar None. You should check it out. And finally, in the room, we got Andrew uh, from Dive Bar in Eau Claire, uh, along with his uh, lovely wife, Amy. They're just hanging out in the studio. So, hi, guys. Over in the hi. corner. Hey, Good great to be here. Standing hi. room only in well, here today. Yeah, right? It's a tight room. <laughs> ah, we've had more. We've had 11 in here once before. Wow. Red. The Tiki Mafia Arg with uh, Brian Miller and that whole gang. Oh, yeah, that, was, that, was that was a rocket show. I sounds remember that. Fun. Oh, man. We drank, uh, we drank two bottles of rum and a bottle of champagne in 45 minutes. There Ooh. you go. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a record for us to actually go after today. Yeah, okay. I see you brought lots of bottles. So we can get right into it if you want. Um, so I asked you guys to be on because you're both, uh, you know, well known uh, in the field here in New York City, uh, and you're, uh, you know, related. Your dad and a daughter situation, and I was just curious about how that maybe impacts your approach, or you know, did, did you get this from dad, or what? What made you decide to go into the whiskey biz? Um, well, I graduated with a degree in anthropology. And, useless? Um, okay, useless. great. <laughs> so I came home after college. And, Making dad proud. Yeah, right. Um, I came home after college and I had no job prospects. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, and my dad was working with uh, Compass Box Scotch Whiskey at the time. So he, um, uh, he hired me to do some tastings. And um, I just kind of went from there. I really liked scotch. And I had just been drinking like college stuff, you know, stuff in plastic bottles. I don't know what the brands were. I don't know anything about it. Sure. Except it got me drunk. Cheap. Right, exactly. Um, Purple Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two glasses of this and you see God. Yeah, right? <laughs> Never played gin pong. Um, <laughs> Man, level up. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, wow, shit dads don't know. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Um, but yeah, he just started hiring me for those um, types of things. And I kind of um, started to learn more and more about it and network um, through there and gone into that um so i mean it's addictive not i mean not just alcohol um <laughs> but like the, the the being around it being around the people who are in it right yeah yeah and when i when i first started it was it was pretty outside um the industry and i was just kind of hired for events and um but i just saw all of these people having so much fun with their jobs and i was like i want to do that right. <laughs> so yeah were okay. these events more trade facing or were they more consumer um both yeah. like i did a lot of the whiskey educational stuff towards consumer um and then uh i would do like whiskey fest and anything i worked some um a lot with william grant mm -hmm. brands um and yeah it was just it was a lot of fun and i liked talking about something that was interesting and cool and fun and people liked it i liked it so yeah rad and Robin, you've been you've been all over the, this business for a long time, but you started in IT and acting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, it, I think most of the people in, in the liquor industry kind of like fell into the liquor industry, and I was one of them. Um, so I don't yeah, about you, pal, but I dove in. Was that? I probably <laughs> dove into the deep deep into the pool <laughs> at the very. Um, yeah, I was, you know, the first part of my life, I was an actor for many years. And then um, I made some somehow, uh, and you can do this in the United States, maybe uh, you make a transition to something that has nothing to do with acting. And that was uh, technology. And, but it was right being there at the right time. I was there when the wave happened um, in the 80s and the 90s. So it was like, you know, boom, yeah, this was, it was going on right now. And I had some skills. What I had all during that time was like a long time obsession with single malt scotch whiskey. And that's really yeah. where it, this kind of like all ended up. And uh, 
um, you know, back in the in the eighties, right when no one knew what single. I didn't. I'd never heard those four words before in one yeah, phrase. Sure. Single malt Scotch whiskey, um, and uh, boom, it's like this this revelation. And uh, at that time, you couldn't find them anywhere. They were tough to find. Um, so yeah, so o- over during these two career paths, um, I'm on this obsessive quest for single malt, and. Um, then in the the 2000s, all of a sudden they're everywhere. Yeah. Right now whiskey is kind of like ascendant, and um, and I just happen to have a friend in the industry who used to tease me that you know one day you're going to get tired of technology and then you and I are going to have a talk, and uh, he laid out this idea of this brand ambassador for me, but a brand ambassador that would be very different than what he saw, because he felt that brand ambassadors were an unfulfilled role in the industry. He said, but if you put a sales guy, which is what I was, he said, you put a sales guy in that position, he could do the um, presentation and he can do the education and all the fun stuff, but get up at eight o'clock in the morning and drive the distributor with a spreadsheet. That guy could change the industry. And that's when I said, okay, you have my interest. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true, right? Yeah. Those roles yeah. we seem to consider two different things, sales versus uh, uh, ambassadorship. Right. But when you combine them, they're uh, much stronger. It, and still, I feel like few people do. Why do you think that is? Um, because um, uh, traditions are hard to change. Um, and Monkeys um, on a ladder. Monkey, there, yeah, that's a great <laughs> metaphor, right? Monkeys <laughs> on a ladder. And... Um, the other thing is in business, and this is this got started actually happening in the, the, the 60s and the 70s, but um, sales and marketing started going on divergent paths. There mm-hmm. was a time when the brand ambassador back in the 1950s and the 1960s literally drove the account, and it was very much part of the sales and marketing team. And then what you saw over the su- subsequent decades is both of those roles started to diverge, and marketing became sort of oriented toward how do we look at the market and create the market? And sales was relegated to just execution. Right. And that's how it happened. So the brand ambassador became part of the marketing spend. It became part of the marketing, and it didn't have a connection with sales. And that's right. this is where my friend, um, who is very, very, very high up in the industry, and his name is a name that everybody would know, um, and this is where he said, this is where this new hybrid style of uh, a role would actually have an impact. Right. Um, so that's why it got my attention. I said, yeah, man, I get to like to do both, you know. Um, I think, I mean, I think it makes sense. It's really shocking to me that that's not the, the, the pattern out there all the time. Because yeah. the strange part is the ambassadors typically seem to have that cachet of knowledge. Sure. They just aren't asked by their bosses to use it. But the flip is the salespeople simply... Uh, you know, blanket terms, of course, but in in my opinion, they don't have the knowledge of the product. They're just there to move widgets. They don't care what it is. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, and, you call and, the you call your ambassador uh, to talk about the whiskey versus calling the order board at any any sure. uh, distributorship. They don't. You know, you got to spell things for them because they don't even know how to spell it. Now, when you get into the larger, you know, the high, the big distributors, that's where the, the problem is. Like so, but Rose is a perfect example because Rose is actually that kind of and, and people in her position right. throughout um, uh, Hodling's. Uh, they are they are um, the, that hybrid ambassador sales. 
salesperson. So she is driving you know, sales. At the same time, she is the, the knowledge and um, you know, the, the adoption component as well. So, um, so something like that bodes well with a, with a company like Hodling. Yeah, sure. So you're, and you're, again, Rose, your title is a, a brand development manager, right? And that's basically the combination of a, an ambassador and a salesperson? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, we focus on sales. Um, but we're also expected to know about our products and be able to talk on them um, and be educated and educate people. Um, That's no tiny task, right? You've got you've got at least a dozen, two dozen products in your portfolio. Um, what do you got? Definitely over twenty. Yeah. Um, with you know the sub brands and everything. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot, but um, you know we, I have two markets and one of the biggest markets in in the in the country, um, but. I mean, I'm that little Connecticut market. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I love Connecticut, actually. Um, but um, but what I'm really lucky in is all of my brands are awesome. Um, I got really lucky. <laughs> they pay you to say that. No, seriously. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to work for them if I didn't love all the brands. So she does. I mean, you know, the you know, the Hodling portfolio. Of course. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. One of the and best portfolios out there. You know? Yeah. I, but I do find that that's uh, that's a tricky uh, statement to be able to say. I'm glad you're able to say it, but I know I definitely know people who are ambassadors or salespeople who work for brands that I mean, they wouldn't have chosen it, but it's the job that they could get, so they took it. Right. That's why I say I'm I'm really lucky that I I yeah. was able to work for a company that has just no bad brands. I mean, I say it all the time, Rosie. You know, uh, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I assume it's the same for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not just uh, not just straight up luck. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's that's a great word of wisdom right there. Yeah. I mean, you got to be in it. You got to be in the pond. You got to be swimming to really understand. You know, a where what the size of the pond is, and then who else is in the pond. Sure. You know, and what's the direction I should be swimming in, and you know, yeah. All right. of it. Yeah, you can't yeah. You can't do it unless you're in it. Yeah. Speaking of in it, I see a bunch of bottles here on the table. Yeah, man. Well, is there a, a path in which you think we should taste these things? <laughs> well, we can kind of go back and forth. Back you want to go back and forth? Yeah. yeah. I mean, start off something well, like. Who's first? I mean, we can start with some of the gin. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's our new Luxardo Sour Cherry Gin. Oh, my gosh. Um, I've only heard about this. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's super exciting. I'm really excited for about for spring and summer. Um it goes great in just like a simple gin and tonic with a little spritz of rose water. But um, yeah, they have their London Dry style gin and they infuse their Marasca cherry juice in it um, to really highlight the Marasca cherry that they've been using for um, their entire time of the company. It's a 37.5 ABV, so it's a little bit lower. Um, and it's just, it's lovely. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, comes out of the glass. It comes out of the bottle, beautiful uh, hue of, I'm assuming, deep red. Uh, don't forget, I'm colorblind. Um, yes, it is deep red. <laughs> but the, the aroma right off the gate is very, like, obvious. Juniper, gin forward, and then, uh, and then like, some soft, like, mm. cherry blossom. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the base is the, the London Dry style gin mm -hmm. that they, they make. Um, and Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. What do you think, Greg? I mean, if I were if I were closing my eyes and just smelling this and not seeing that, like, if my eyes were cueing me to the fact that it's deep red, it's very like, yeah, I almost would like detect a subtle note of cherry. But here goes for a sip. Yeah, the um, yeah, it's it's got juniper presence right up front. Yeah, yeah. it's super subtle, which yeah. I really like about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you get more of the cherry, I think, on the on the palate, on the taste. Definitely. It's subtler than I would have expected from the color, which, again, I also assume is red. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's red. Two <laughs> colorblind dudes in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Rose. Is and is this red. it is red. <laughs> okay. Is this one new? It is new. Yeah. 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 Because I haven't I haven't even seen it. Yeah. Brand new. Um, yeah, this is a nice mouthfeel. Too. Available nice here in New York? Available here in New York. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> outstanding. Uh, this is great. Uh, and Lasardo being one of your, uh, you know, brand partners or whatever they're called, uh, you're getting to go to Italy soon, and I was I supposed am. to go with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get to go. I know, Didn't yeah. that take place at your bar? Isn't that where they made the announcement? No, but I won the thing. He, he oh. won the competition. <laughs> okay, but, um, yeah. yeah, I'll be headed to Luxardo. Two years ago, I haven't had a chance to go yet. <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> you keep planning these things right when I'm opening another bar, which I get it. It's often. I was going to say, you're always opening <laughs> yeah, up. Right? Yeah, right. a problem. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's my fault. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I look forward to the day I finally get to take take my prize and go to Italy. Uh, I hope you get to join on that trip, too, because um, it promise, show up. promises yeah, please, <laughs> promises to be a, a blast. What are you going to do on that trip? Um, do you know the itinerary? Uh, I don't know the specific itinerary, but we're going to um, go to the distillery um, and check out the production, which is going to be really interesting. And, um, and, yeah, spend some time in Venice and kind of do some cultural stuff, which is pretty big for Luxardo. Man, see, yeah, bummed. Tough life, yeah. tough life. Right. Although yeah. I travel, major in anthropology. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. traveled yeah, right. before. <laughs> yeah, Southern and I've gone to uh, Mexico together with Henry Price. That's uh, correct. Group there, yeah, that was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, those trips are uh, super educational and they're tons of fun. But they, I, I think, people always think that. Hey, you you go on vacation all the time, man. It's more work than when I stay home and work. <laughs> oh, well, and that's yeah. and that's kind of like yeah. the the curse of being able to do something that you know for a lot of people as a hobby is for us work. Like you know when we go on vacation, what 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 do people you know quote unquote normal people do when they go on vacation? They relax. Yeah. They, well, I I assume I don't know. Yeah, I end up talking. I don't know to, that I, many normal. I end people. up talking to like a bartender in Barcelona, like giving him Rex to come into New York City and of stuff, course. and I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to be working. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you can't turn it off. It's like, you know, when, you know, relaxing as you go out, you try some new food, you try some new drinks, you see some sights. That for us is, you know. That's right. R&D. That's exactly. R&D. Yeah. That's what they used All to call tax it. deductible research. Busman's <laughs> holiday, I think, was the old uh, the old term for that. A you know, busman's holiday? Busman's holiday, which is you go to on vacation and essentially you, um, you end up doing things that are regarded back to the thing that you did back here. Right, right. right. You know, the thing so, you do for work. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, that's kind of every holiday I've ever had. I think. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. A busman's holiday for us. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more on Heritage Radio Network. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center, Rockefeller Center, and Macy's Herald Square. Patina is also the exclusive caterer at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium, to galas in the renovated Palm House, and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy a la carte brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lilypool Terrace. Executive chef Morgan Jarrett's unique menu offers warm, distinctive cuisine with a focus on local vegetables, grains, and sustainably sourced meats and fish. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Dave Arnold, and I'm the host of Cooking Issues here on Heritage Radio Network. Every week, I answer listeners' questions on the latest innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients in the food world. Have a question about hot-rodding your oven to make great pizza? 
Give us a call. Hydrocolloid, sous vide, liquid nitrogen, no problem. You can find cooking issues wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we're back on the Speakeasy Heritage Radio Network, uh, hanging out with uh, the Robinsons, Rose Robinson and Robin Robinsons. There's a lot of Rob sounds in that. Uh, and my good friend Greg Benson and the team from uh, uh, Dive up in Eau Claire. Uh, packed house. We just tasted some Lasardo's new uh, cherry flavor, sour cherry flavored gin, and it is delicious. Um, and man, timely release, right? This just came out it's springtime. Here yep. we go into summer. This is gonna rock some people's world. I, I bet it'll make a beautifully, perfectly summertime pink drink. Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> yeah, way to roll that out. Um, and we have a bunch of other bottles on the table. What else are we gonna be drinking, team? So I've got. Uh, so you know, I do most of my work now with. Um, small emerging brands um, and kind of helping them find a route to market and, you know, put their narrative together for them and work on their sales and marketing strategy and activation strategy. How do, how do, you, how do they find you and or how do you find them? Um, I, I solicit out, um, like, for example, I do a lot of um, speaking at like ADI and ACSA, which are, um, are organizations devoted toward um, uh, distillers and uh, small brands. Um, I actively, I know a lot of people, so I get a lot of um, recommendations. He's and then, active on social media. Very well. active on social media, much to Rose's uh, <laughs> dismay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see you on there. You're outspoken. <laughs> yeah, that's much to Rose's dismay. Right? <laughs> oh no, it's it's it's. <laughs> no, it's actually the the latest. So she didn't understand why I've got that thing now that I do with me smelling all of those weird things, right? So I've got this thing now that's I'm I'm doing this now on on Instagram and um, Facebook. So it's me, you know, in in one of those poses that everybody has when they're sniffing some sure. sort of elegant thing in a glass, which I hate. I despise that because it's just so generic and just so treacly. And so I decided, <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm I'm going to go after that. And uh, so I started out with a broken glass, me with this very contemplative look on and a broken glass and then I went <laughs> to an onion and then I started going like, "Oh, so I'm just photoshopping like weird stuff in there. Like I put a white walker in the other day." It's and, concerning. And, and so Rose is a little bit worried that yeah, I'm yeah. kind of going off. I wish well, you guys could see Rose her <laughs> face when she was, he's telling the story. It was yeah. just like a stone cold shaking of the head the entire time. It's just a no dad. Oh, I've also noticed no. that Rose, you, you you sort of chopped your last name. Is that to separate yourself? Oh. Rose Rob. It's not even Rose Robinson anymore. It's just Rose Rob. Well, I've never had Rose Robinson. Um, I can't remember. I think I did that because of like, I thought it was like security or something. I don't know, something stupid. But I mean, I that does kind of separate me from my dad, I guess. I don't typically introduce him as my dad. I t introduce him as Robin. Which is the right. oddest thing, right? She goes, and this is Robin. I'm going, oh my God, my daughter just told, said that, right? Because <laughs> yeah, right? it's typically, I thought I was just known as dad, you know? Right. So this, this actually segues into something I wanted to ask you guys about. What are your dinner table conversations like? Do, do you guys talk shop all the time or never or what? My like, poor mother. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of our lives are are like pretty intertwined um so like when i go home like back to jersey for dinner or something or i stay the night um a lot of the conversation does kind of revolve around work but it's also life 
um, like we were talking about before. So, um, I mean, we know a lot of the same people, even though sometimes people don't really know that related. Um, yeah, that tip, that still blows people's minds. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's uh, uh, we we talk about it a lot because um, it is such an integral part of our lives. Um, yeah, we both kind of live it, you know. Um, so here's here's great, you know. So when she first started out with um, uh, with uh, what was then Anchor. Um, and everybody in the industry knew me, especially in New York. So I would just kind of like take her around and I say, you know, this is my daughter Rose or this is Rose and she's with Anchor. And, and then that was just sort of like an introductory type of a thing. And then eventually, you know, I wasn't part of that story anymore. And she went off and kind of created her own persona and her own sense of, um, you know, of, um, uh, of um, uh, you know, what, what she did, professionalism out there. And then one day uh, last summer, <laughs> I was at um, the Henry Bar at the Life Hotel, mm -hmm. and I was there with a friend of mine, and we were there in the afternoon, and the bartender comes up. She goes, you know, I know you. Where do I know you? Oh, I know who you are. You're Rose Robinson's dad. And I said, oh, okay, so, <laughs> so, so it's that now, right? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. It used to be Robin's daughter. Now I'm Rose's dad. You know? Celebrity by proxy, man. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly it, you know. Uh, well, what are you going to crack open for okay, us? Okay, so um, this is actually one. Uh, this is this is a client that uh, I no longer have, but I used to have, and I really love these guys. Uh, so Ooh. these guys are um, regionally located up in Rhode Island. They are Sons of Liberty. Uh, they've been really big winners, like with the like the Icons of Whiskey Award. Um, it just won actually best. American single malt at the Icons of Whiskey just um, a few weeks ago in mm -hmm. London, and they really craft a beautiful whiskey, a beer to whiskey malted barley drink, mm -hmm. right? So this is a single malt in, in the definition of American single malt. They use about 20% rye in here. But they craft everything right very, I mean, he's got a very specific yeast strain that he uses for fermentation for the beer. And they, this starts out as a, a Belgian triple. And they, uh, it's, you know, fully hopped, uh, brewed. It's actually bottle ready. And then they put it into the still. Wow. So you see a couple. Wait, are, um, are they selling it as beer as well? Well, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not, not. No, it's actually. But they're being, making a Belgian being, triple. They are making making a Belgian triple but to be distilled. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's what's you know, and there's that's really a, taking distillers' beer to the in, to the to, nth degree. To the nth degree. <laughs> to actually now you can actually drink the wash, which you would never think about drinking the wash before. It's just like right. green soup, right? Have but, you drunk the wash? Huh? Of course. Oh, I've tasted have. the wash. We all have. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know what? It's actually. It actually gets the right name. It just tastes like the wash. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before, you know. Um, but, yeah, so these guys are great. You know, there's a couple of people doing that. You know, Marco Karakasovic's been doing that up at uh, Charbet up in California. Um, he took, like, Racer 5 IPA oh, right. and distilled mm -hmm. that. So there's... Uh, this well, is you know, a, a side note, uh, you know, uh, my buddy Ryan Maybe down in Kansas City yeah. at Rieger, yeah. he does uh, what, he, what he calls uh, Left for Dead Vodka. He goes yes. around to all the local brewers and picks up all of their expired or experimental beers that they were going to literally pour down the drain. Yeah. And he makes vodka out of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and fully and taking distillers' beer to the like, absolutely his actual beer. And this <laughs> yeah. is the excitement of the craft industry right now. This is what's so exciting about craft is because all of the old um, traditions and methods of doing things are literally now off the table, and everything is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And so you know, this is really where you know we've got what two, over two thousand. Um, uh, uh, distilleries now in the United States where you had 60 
at the beginning of the of this century, right? Mm -hmm. In t year 2000, it was like 60. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's crazy stuff going on, and they're not all successful, but that's where. But the, that's where we learn, that's right? Exactly where you learn. This is where. So which one of these am I going to crack open? That's the one in the middle. That middle. is um, Battle Cry. Battle Cry. Yeah, made from uh, Belgian triple American Ooh. single malt whiskey. Finished with oak, it says. And where would you say these guys are from? Uh, they're from uh, uh, South Kings Bridge. Uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, South Kingston. Kings, uh, 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 Rhode Island. So South I think, Kingston. Yeah, South Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I talked to him on the phone this morning. I said, Mike, can't give me, you know, um, <laughs> like just cramming for the final. Yeah, exam. just cramming for the final. Uh, I, I used to know them really well, but um, it's been a while since I've worked with these guys, and um, yeah, it's it's lovely whiskey. Uh, really, ex and you know, you put your nose in there. The, the, the do I do it? Do I do it pompously? Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should I take a picture of myself nosing? Only, only if I can actually take that picture and then replace the glass with do something my else. surgical gloves on, so right, I look like I'm in a lab environment. Yeah. So you get the beery note right off top. Yeah. 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 Get that kind of clove banana thing that you get off a Belgian triple right from there you right. Go. Yeah. And Mike's especially um, uh, excited and very proud of like the the yeast strains that they use. It's a very specific yeast strain in order to get those types of layers of notes. I mean, he's all about layering on flavor, you know. And of course, as we know, in dist in distilling, it all happens in fermentation first. Of course, you, yeah. You shape it with the still. Yeah, a lot of like, yeah, you're right. Banana clove and like honeysuckle. Mm. Yeah. I think this is the listener's favorite part when the room goes yep. silent and we're yep. all just drinking. Nothing more exciting. And the than listener's like, what the drink. shit's going on? This isn't TV. <laughs> I can't see you. We all coordinate to do it at the same time. Yeah, I, I try and look around the room and then I paused and then no one was going. So then I went and then, okay, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is delicious. Yeah, yeah. After three seconds, I think everything mm. in the production booth just shuts down, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and this, this is, is available... Uh, now, here's the interesting thing, and this is the other thing about craft brands, is um, tiny. you can make some really great stuff, but your, your go-to-market has to be very strategic um, so that you can support it. And what these guys are now, they are um, they're in Rhode Island, uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and, and, and a little bit in, uh, uh, I think that's, a, that's it. They actually have um, a canned cocktail that they're actually going up to New Hampshire and, and introducing up there. But yeah, very localized, very, but they're able to manage it. I think and that's the smart. That's the smart thing. It is. Road it's to market is the term you keep using. Uh, I think that's the smart yeah. way to go. It's like yeah. organic growth. Absolutely. You know, I always say, uh, uh, you know, Amore Margo, my little bar, it's tremendously successful. Right. But if I had opened Amore eight years ago, as it looks today, right. it would have made it. No. We had to grow into what we are. You did. And well, what happens is people come to you because of the quality that you're able to put in because you're able to focus and not uh, spread yourself out too thin. Yeah, not overextend, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, one of my favorites is uh, in this, in the craft space, is uh, Leopold Brothers. In, yes. Um, and Todd Leopold has been owning Denver and Colorado for 10 years. Yeah. And then the rest of the world came and found him. Yeah, because the word yeah, gets out, man. That's exactly it. So it's kind of like... And if you, if, you, if you overextend yourself in the beginning, then you piss people off, you know? Like, yeah. There's like uh, unreliability on being able to get the product because you can't produce as, as much. It makes total sense yeah. to me, but yeah. I feel like people get excited and they see yeah. those dollar signs and then they... Yeah, well, there was, uh, in the beginning of the movement, um, 
it, it, again, it was old thinking, right? And the old thinking was, if you go to a, 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 essentially one of the larger distributors, the first thing they do is that we're going to take you out on a distribution drive, and we're going to get you placed everywhere. Don't worry about it. We're going to get you placed, right? But you can't support all those placements, and you shouldn't be in three-quarters of them, right? So my advice now is, is we own our backyard. So every one of my brands, you own your backyard, you own that area so that you can service them, so that the accounts know who you are. So when you walk into Southern's bar, Southern knows you, she knows Rose, he knows Rose, right? He knows the brands that she represents. She's there a lot. She has a presence, right? And that's brand success. Well, that's that, brand success. That increases the Your fun network is like, your net worth. Exactly. You yeah. I do remember standing outside of Southern's bar when I first, like, maybe the first couple of weeks I um, started call on the phone with my dad. I'm like, wait, what's his name? Who works here? <laughs> Before going in asking for him. <laughs> I still, every once in a while, that was the other That's thing. That's due diligence, yeah. though. Good for you. you it know, is. It drives yeah. me nuts when people yeah. walk in the door and they don't, you know, they want to sell me a flavored vodka, which I don't hold any angst or anger against flavored vodka, but if you know my bar, you know this is not the place for that. Right. For no yeah. point in you walking in here. You're right. just wasting both of our time, you know? Well, one of the things we try to, and one of the things that Rose and I talk about all the time about um, go-to-market strategy for brands is essentially I'm trying to solve a business problem for you as the end user. So what is your business problem? Well, I won't know that unless I really know your business, whether sure. you're a retailer, whether you're a bartender, or a restaurant. If I don't know what your business is, then I, you know, so I have to know your back bar. I've got to know your shelves. I want to get a little bit of an idea about who's coming in here, who's buying things, you know, what's moving fast, what's not moving fast. And there you go. That's your due diligence. And then I can come in and say, well, let me propose something that I think fits in your yeah. milieu. Or it's kind of like, well, maybe this is in the account that's right right for this brand. And that definitely helps. But even during all of that work, if you get to a place where it's it's a, a maybe a non-starter, you've done all that diligence, you can still come in and talk to me intelligently, and maybe I can suggest somewhere for you to go. And there you go. And that's extended. <laughs> and that's better name. than coming in and saying, I got yeah. this raspberry vodka I want to yeah. put on your bar to Moria Margo. Yeah. I'm great like, get out of here. It goes great with juice. I'm like, get out of here. It goes great with juice. No. But if you came in and said, man, I know exactly what it is you do, and I know yeah. exactly how you yeah. do it, and it's really cool, and I'm yeah. super proud of it right. for you. Where would you send me with this product? Because sure. I know it doesn't work here. I might be like, oh, I know a couple bars that are down with yeah. that. Yeah, and there you go. Right. All right. What were yeah. you going to say, Rose? Oh, no, just just like in the beginning, one of the benefits of having someone in the industry that, you know, like my dad in the industry was I was able to talk about these things with him and kind of pick his brain since he was in market for so long and just really understand like how he did things so I could go out there and figure it out and, you know, call him with any stupid question I had because... I mean, he might judge me, but he's, you know, it's kind of I mean, stuck with built me in, for life. You got a built-in lifelong you, mentor, <laughs> you know? You got a built-in yeah. lifelong mentor to the business that you've decided to go into. Like, right, yeah, and that was definitely there, helpful. He's there to help you, you know? I'm sure I'm sure you get calls from other people who solicit your help, but but I'm sure you take her call first, right? I take her call first, Better. right? I, her, 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 <laughs> she knows that her uh, her text gets, met, uh, gets answered uh, immediately, right? And it's typically, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Even though it is a green text. <laughs> uh, She's all right. always going to be my little girl. So That's there right. There you go. That, those things, some things never change. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got two more bottles on the table here. Yeah. What uh, What are we tasting next? Go back to the hodling. What yeah. Do we got? So this is our new whiskey, J.H. Cutter. Um, and quick little background on the hodling name. Um, we are no longer Anchor Distilling. Uh, we are now Hodling & Co. Uh, the name change happened last year after Anchor was sold. Um, and we took Hodling from a historic name in San Francisco 
He was a um, wholesaler from San Francisco who worked in the liquor industry back in the 1800s, and he had a whiskey called J.H. Cutter. So what we did was we recreated that, um, the bottle, the label, the whiskey. It's um, uh, 73% Kentucky bourbon, and then the rest is uh, Old Potrero rye that we make in San Francisco, and we've been making since the early 90s. Yeah, I love that Old Potrero. It's awesome. used to have it on my bar rye back in the day. Yeah, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, So we're using some of the 18th century whiskey in there, so that's 100% malted rye. And um, then we have the um, port finish um, uh, whiskey in there as well. So it's awesome. It's a beautiful blend. I love the bottle. Um, I always joke if, you know, you're making a Western movie, you just throw that on the back bar and it goes perfectly because that's what they look like. Um, it's great to actually, you know, break over a cowboy's head. Too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Is it made out of that sugar glass? <laughs> that's actually one of my secret talents. I can break a bottle of my head. But, um, <laughs> Oh, wow. Get a video of that I did later. not know oh, that. Oh, God. Sorry, Dad. Okay. Oh, man. So many secrets revealed. Yeah. Um, That'll be the end of the show. <laughs> you well, won't be able to see it, but you can hear it. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in the midst right now of, of putting together the list for an all-American whiskey bar. So, of course, my, 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 my ears perked up when you started talking about this one. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The label does kind of have this uh, old-timey back bar feel. I love that cork. Yeah, um, that was, again, um, like a recreation of uh, the original bottle, historic bottles and corks, um, as well as the label. And they had the embossment. This was so um, you couldn't slap a label over um, a whiskey. Yeah, protecting consumer and protecting the right. maker. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, the raised glass. It's very cool. Pre-1897, right? What do you think over there, Greg? So the nose still, on this is really compelling. Still nosing it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, you get that touch. There is that... The corn sweetness in there, right? Um, there's a roundness. That, so g- give me the rundown on this, on the, uh, the three. It's a, a 73% Kentucky bourbon. Okay. Um, 17, 18th century whiskey, so 100% malted rye and toasted barrels. Ah, okay. Got and it. then the rest is that whiskey, but finished in port. So there's the malt. 10%. I picked the malt up on that malted rye. And I was... Yeah. I was trying to isolate the the smell. I was like, "Is this really what I'm smelling?" And it is. And I mean this as a compliment. Honey nut Cheerios. Yeah, I get that kind of like yeah, that, sure. that, yeah, totally. that honey, yeah. like the malt, the barley yeah. comes together really nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely getting some of that breakfast cereal note. I didn't know the exact brand, but you're kind of right. There's some like trust the bee, banana. Man. I mean, uh, melon go. banana too, like very mm. light. The, yeah, uh, I get a lot of melon on the palate too. Yeah, That's the nice. banana is actually great for on the big on the finish here. Um, we like ripe banana. You know, which is, um, yeah, it's, it, this is one of my Honeydew. favorite, um, this is my favorite new category for American whiskeys, which is a blended American because. Well, that's where the, the real mastery and artistry comes in, right? It does. Yeah. Like, I, you, you, I'm yeah. sure you talk about this a lot when you talk about scotches and that people have this sort of hang up on single malts, but it's the blends where the, where the real, like effort and magic come in right it's the magic it's the alchemy of whiskey and um, and being able to put out a consistent product year over year exactly you know yeah. when you think of the japanese you know rose has like you know nika in her portfolio which you know is you know, the, the height in in japan when you look at the hierarchy of who's important in the distillery it's actually the blender is on top yeah so it's really the blender who creates in canada very much the same way right they're distilling different grains with different types of toast levels and then maturing them separately and then they bring it yeah. together to create scotch whiskey different distilleries but american blend was pretty much only dominated by seagram 7 and that you know that had a lot of gns in it at the time right mm-hmm. which an american blend is allowed to have into it so now we're actually getting something like this where it's all whiskey 
right? But they're using different types, and it fits into that American blend category. And I just think this is a category that's going to blow up. Yeah, I do yeah, too. I think, I think that I think that people are finally kind of realizing what what it is we just said that 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 the blender is really where where the magic happens. I yeah. mean, you know, this guy is kind of or or girl this this person is kind of the uh, you know they're the mixologist of the brand, right? They are, they are exactly. putting the components together in the right ratio to create the consistently same flavor year over year. Yeah, which is. Yeah. And they're the it's last incredible. people they're the last people who touch that whiskey or that brand before it gets in the bottle. So right. they the blender the final yeah. check. Exactly. They are, yeah. Um, you know, and of course, you know, I was with Compass Box for years and so, you know, John was at the, you know, at the height of uh, of, of his talent right there in putting these things together. Oh yeah, and it, and I think it 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 what, to what we were talking about about the explosion of, you know, whiskey producers in this country as well, it lowers the barrier to entry to like would be whiskey producers, whiskey bottlers, what have you, because if you don't have to wait, you know, however long for your whiskey to mature and just kind of like sit on those barrels that are paying rent in your storehouse, you know, there's just as much artistry in blending as there is in maybe more in just kind of like putting the, the juice in a barrel and right. There's, like, more, artistry, right, there's more artistry in, in the blending years, than there is in just the waiting. Exactly. <laughs> I waited the correct amount of time or I actively did something. Yeah. I waited for the train today. It took no effort whatsoever. There was no <laughs> art in it at all. I was on my phone the whole time. Right. Yeah. So Rose is, um, it, Fritz is no longer involved in, in this. No. It's all Bruce, right? Yeah. yeah so it's you know, a, his team. His yeah. team. Yeah. Bruce's team at, uh, at anchor, yeah. you know, um, it, you know, Fritz was one, one of the great, you know, uh, Fritz uh, Maytag, one of the great, uh, you know, innovators. You know, um, how long ago did you actually have uh, um, his rye uh, on your shelves? That was a long time ago. Uh, we opened a Mori Margo eight years ago this past month, so that's at least nine yeah. years ago. Because I remember, ago. like you know, twelve, thirteen years ago, you would see this lonely bottle of rye, you know, called Old Petrero, though no one knew how to pronounce that. Yep. And it was just waiting for the rye revolution to yep. come because it just kind of sat there and no one knew what to do with it. But well, we sort of fell ass backwards into it. You know, we opened a place called Rye. Called Rye, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. And, and we just liked the single word name that had some, it, it was evocative of some things. You know, our, our logo was uh, some rye leaves blowing in the yep. wind. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it was a Michelin starred chef. You yeah. know, like we were really kind of angling towards that part of it. But then they hired me and I just just hammered the back bar full of rye yeah, and, right. and educated everybody as best I could and yeah. and we you know featured a lot of rye in cocktails and, and yeah. like that again that was you know, 10 years ago now wow yeah um, yeah and it was a great time and that bar was amazing until it ran its course and shut down because of the rent is too damn right. high well Rose and I have a connection to rye because I'm originally from Pittsburgh and so she is by Pittsburgh by proxy yeah. And Western Pennsylvania was yeah. really, yeah, that was the it. Monongahela was like, Rye, yeah, right? Monongahela Rye, man. Yeah, well, I, I live hard by that river. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Rose, cool. I wanted to touch just a second. Uh, I'm sure it's a question you get enough uh, that it's boring to answer, but our listeners maybe not have heard the question. What's it like? Uh, what's the perception you get? Uh, do you think there's any uh, negative perception of, of being a woman stepping forward and talking about whiskey to a bunch of dudes all the time? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like you got to like work a little harder, have a little bit more info, never be, never be caught off guard, that kind of thing? 100%. And when I first started, um, it was just simple um, whiskey tastings at stores and stuff. And uh, one of the reasons I got into learning about it was, one, it was interesting, but two, I didn't want to be caught off guard because men would come straight to me con- condescending and assume that I didn't know anything. And I was like, well, I'm an 
prove you wrong. Sure, they're firing questions at you that they full well know the answer to just to give you a test, right? Right. And so I, you know, I went through that for a while, and uh, I still get that um, at whiskey festivals, at tastings, at anywhere. Um, I've had uh, men look straight past me while I answer their questions and looking at a male coworker or, you know, asking me questions and grilling me, and I'm just like... At this point, I'm... I don't know. You should see me after Whiskey Fest this last <laughs> like, year. She, she was funny at Whiskey Fest. Yeah. I was like, like yeah. Um, it was a good thing there was a table between her and everybody yeah. else. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is it difficult. It the floor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I know that a lot of um, the women who work with whiskey and other brands, they experience the same thing. Um, and I've, I've talked to that with I mean, my... I, I know it too. That's why I asked right. you because I think it sucks. It does suck. Um, and it, it really sucks when someone comes up to you and asks you um, a question and you try to answer it. And, you know, I love educating people about it. I really like talking about it. One of my favorite things um, was to, you know, just talk about it, chat about it. And um, it, when they ask you a, a silly question that they don't know the answer to, um, and it's just to kind of catch you off guard, then you, it's, it's hard to deal with. I get really frustrated. Well, you know, we, we've all got to deal with idiots. That's when I get the text, you know, yeah. right? Like yeah. all caps. Yeah. 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 How do I strangle this bastard? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Get and, not, and get away with get it. Away yeah. with Dad, it. Um, how do you feel about uh, posting bail? <laughs> <laughs> I need to borrow the trunk of your car for a couple days. That's exactly right. it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of posting bail, no. Um, <laughs> last bottle on the bar says 9A single malt whiskey. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so this is uh, actually a current client. Uh, they're called Still the One, and uh, we're in a radio show so those people who may actually know the, the uh, there you go right the reference yeah um they uh, <laughs> again these guys are doing and they're up in Westchester County and 9A um is uh, the route number up there that connects them to uh, actually one of the breweries that they are actually buying the wash from in this case it's Broken Bow um and so this is uh based on an imperial stout oh wow Right? No way. Yeah, so it's based on an Imperial Stout. And um, Broken Bow, Greg, do you know that? Actually, Greg, Greg's a resident beer expert. Okay. I'm the, I'm the beer, but I don't know about Broken Bow, no. So I, they I, started out uh, working with Captain Lawrence, which is up there in West Texas, okay. right? And yeah. that was, uh, they have a, a one called 287, which is their Captain Lawrence Pale Ale beer. And then uh, with Broken Bow, it's 9A. And, um, and again, they're doing some really wonderful, innovative flavor and and with these whiskeys the interesting thing is is they have to be young they have to be young too much time in a barrel will actually start to have a negative impact so these are coming out at maybe 22 23 months out of a 53 gallon barrel wow. and yeah and so so that you can get the you know you get the beeriness on it and um and you get the difference between this and let's say an aged single malt it still falls in that category but it's a different animal now, you know. Got it. So yeah, and you get it yeah, right it off. Yeah. yeah, you get that kind of caramel latte thing yeah. that you get off of an yeah. imperial stout. I'm I'm definitely I I must have skipped breakfast or something because I'm like honey yeah, nut yeah. Cheerios. Yeah, right. <laughs> this one tastes like eggs and bacon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get like a sort of a candied uh, caramel note on this. Like a salted pretzel. Salted pretzel. Yeah. yeah. Pretzel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm following if you that took, trail, salted pretzel. Yeah. yeah if it. you took one of those um, uh, those caramels that have the the cream inside and and you actually oh, kind of bullseye, did, right? Yeah. And and you did like some salt on top yeah. of that. That's kind of like where this is coming from. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. So very pretty. And you get the little bit of a beery note. So interesting, again, another yeah. you, you got another distiller here who's, who's, who's using an actual beer that they're purchasing, but these guys are purchasing it from someone. They're not making it themselves. That's exactly right. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, so they're actually managing a supply chain, you know, a, an agreement with the brewery. Um, brewery makes the wash or the beer, and then they bring it into their distillery, and then they distill it. Brewery's recipe or 9A's recipe for the beer that the brewery 9A's makes? 9A's recipe for okay. the beer, absolutely. So, the, yeah, so they're in control of their supply chain. They're just essentially just contracting that part out to a brewery. Yeah, yeah. smart yeah. symbiotic relationship. It is, absolutely. And, um, and, and again, it's a great route to market because, um, you know, you, you don't have that capital of an investment of putting together, you know, the fir- first part of distillation, the fermentation, and the um, 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 and everything before that, the grinding and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they, those guys have those facilities. Let yeah. them do it, right? Yeah. They do it every day. Let They're them pros. Do, exactly. Right. Let yeah. Them bang that part. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So symbiotic relationship. That's actually a great. That's exactly what it is. It's. Uh, do they? Do yeah. they? At the end of the day, get the barrels back and kind of you know age some beer in that? Just use every part of that buffalo or. That's a good question. I don't know actually how they're managing the, that, but that would make perfect sense that they yeah. would do that. Um, because you, you see, like, for example, um, who are the guys in Michigan, uh, uh, New Holland? Um, they're a brewery and started distilling, and then they'll take the barrels um, that they actually aged the whiskey from their beer from and then put them m- m- uh, other beer into those barrels. So, yeah, so then it just kind of keeps running the circuit. Reduce, yeah. reuse, recycle, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, cool, guys. What a great show we've had. Um, I want to ask, uh, do you got any? How how can people find you and get in touch with you, Rose? Um, you can go on my Instagram. <laughs> it's underscore Rose Goes. Um, you can get in touch with me there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. probably easiest. Okay, so I don't have to spell underscore out my... Rose Goes. Yes. Easy enough. Yeah. I post events in New York. Um, I post what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah. You post pictures of yourself nosing things? Nope. Oh, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong Robinson. Wrong Robinson. <laughs> Robin, where can people get in touch with you to talk about whiskey or come to your classes or what have you? Yeah. Um, it's Robin at RobinRobinsonLLC.com. So there's a lot of Robins in there. And um, at best, that's the best way to do it. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram as well under Robin Robinson. Um, but there's a lot of Robin Robinsons out there, so we'll you find know. the one nosing the onion. Nosing the onion. You're right. Yeah, there you go. see a White Walker, you're in the right place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do have a class coming up, actually. That's together. together? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, fun! <laughs> it's going to be Whiskey Smackdown Family Feud style. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be just in time for Father's Day in June at Astor Center. Great, and yeah. you can probably go on Astor's web- website and find tickets yes. to that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just keep an yeah. eye out for that. Yeah, Whiskey Smackdown, Family yeah. Feud style. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for being on the show, guys. Really great to have you on. I want to remind everybody: uh, please go to the GoFundMe page and search for uh, Chris Reed's uh, uh, fight against ALS and give to Chris uh, uh, as uh, as as the, the bills are mounting. Uh, he does have insurance, but it doesn't cover uh, some of the uh, you know Eastern medicines that he's trying to. Uh, to use because uh, some, some of the Western medicines aren't working for him. Uh, so he could use any any help you can give him, and he's a great guy. Also, Bar Methods, don't forget about that, coming up in August, but tickets are already uh, selling out fast. So go check out barmethods.com to find yourself a ticket to that. And thanks for tuning into the Speakeasy this week. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Other. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Other. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah. Don't the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. 
If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting heritageradionetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.